Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be informed and inspired Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, I want to throw you a little curveball. I don't, I don't mean to, but you've been pretty good with these curveballs. One of the things that I know that in this whole budgeting process, this chain consumer price index yes. in terms of how they handle increases in Social Security benefits. Yeah, increases what's, what's, in benefits uh, from year to year. What's the difference between before and what was being proposed? And I understand Democrats don't like it. Oh, no. Chain CPI has been something that the Democrats have been opposed to for a while. Right. Because they, well, I mean, what it does is it, a lot of people argue that the increase that is set in there, and that happens automatically each year for Social Security and other benefit programs, a lot of uh, Republicans say that it overstates inflation. So, therefore, it gives an increase that's, quote-unquote, too much each year. You understand right. what I'm saying yeah, there? Right. So, by finding a different sort of, I guess, uh, consumer basket of items that they would look at, they would then calculate a different consumer price index, which would be lower, which therefore the amount of money spent each year would be less on the increase in benefits. Right. So long term, instead of the cost line going up high, it would go up at a lower level and would, quote unquote, then save you money over the long term. There's a lot of Democrats who say, well, that's a cut in benefits. You would look at it and say, no, that's a reduction in the level of increase in benefits. Right. But, you know, that's that's the battle that we have uh, usually on these things. So change CPI was something that had been floated by the president as a deal to Republicans. But he has, he backed off that. I want to say it was early last year right. uh, to uh, to, re- to sort of reduce the amount of cost of living adjustments. So a a smaller increase each year for Social Security benefits and other benefits. Why do they call it chained consumer price? Index? Uh, you know, that's uh, I don't remember. I remember having that answer at one point in time, okay. but it's just it's just a different way to calculate right. the the uh, how the inflation de- deals with it in CPI. Yes. Right. Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm been familiar with the CPI calculations. It's a market basket of goods, etc. Yep. If they want to change what's in the market basket, that's one thing. But I just never figured out the connection between why they call it a chained consumer price index. Yeah, so that's uh, don't look for that in the budget or anything like that. That was something the president had put on the table, but yep. he backed off of it when he felt like Republicans weren't. You know, we talked about the grand bargain. Yes. I mean, that was an idea that some Democrats had floated to say, okay, we'll, we'll hold down on benefits. Because let's get down to business. When you look at the budget, and we've got the president's budget coming 
coming out today. You can get a look. I put a picture of the phone book-sized volumes that are out. I put it up on Twitter at Jamie Dupree a little while ago. When you look at the budget, the problem long-term, Herman, is not with the spending that Congress approves each year, the so-called discretionary budget, which, for example, will be about $1.08 trillion in the president's plan. Because remember, what, what, what do you right. hear on the radio? Uh, it's a $4 trillion budget. Well, wait a second, Dupree. How can you say that it's only $1.08 trillion? Well, that's the because that's point. what Congress deals with yeah. on a yearly basis. They don't deal with Medicare, Social Security, and the real cost drivers of the higher spending and therefore the bigger deficits long term are those big benefit programs, not really what's happening at the Department of Whatever. I mean, yes, you can waste money at the Department of Whatever. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of the whole scheme of things, that's not where the deficit is going out of control. It's in, do you slow down benefits? Do you reduce the increase? Do you cut benefits? Do you tax more to bring in more revenues? Do you do one, you know, a little bit of one and a little bit of the other? I mean, there's only three options to reduce the deficit. You either bring in more money, you either cut uh, wh- how much is going out or a combination of the two. And so, you know, as I look at this, and it's really easy to say, well, we got we got to reform entitlement programs. Boy, getting down to do that, that's very difficult. That's why both parties, on even something like change CPI, creates a lot of, uh, a lot of anger because, say, veterans' benefits. You know, the veterans say, well, wait a second, this was a deal. Why should my veteran, uh, veterans' benefits only go up at a smaller rate? And same thing with Social Security. Well, why should my, you know, I've retired. Why should my benefits go up at a slower rate? So that's, uh, those are, you know, those are tough choices that sound attractive, but I'm not sure that the, um, the level of intestinal fortitude is there from either party to really vote for some of that stuff. Gotcha. Um, I noticed that one of the other items that you have on your blog pertain to the new filings that the FEC show that Gingrich still owes $4.6 million and yes, that sir. Uh, Rick Santorum uh, still shows quite a bit amount of debt from its previous run? Yes, you're absolutely correct. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, Newt Gingrich owes $4.6 million off of his 2012 run at this point in time. Right. Well over 100 different vendors, everything from Twitter to the IRS to people who flew him around the country in his jet and more. In fact, he even owes money to you, Herman. Uh, owes some money to Herman Cain Solutions, deep oh. in the fine print in there. Really? Yes, sir. Yep. Oh, yeah. Send me a check. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be waiting. You're going to be waiting in line behind an awful lot of people because wow. uh, uh, Gingrich, like I said, he he lent himself six hundred and fifty six hundred forty nine thousand dollars overall, but he still right. owes uh, four point six million total. So it's $4 million really, to other creditors. Rick Santorum, who is making noise about running for president again, he's in the hole still $463,000 from his last one. And uh, let's see where that solutions thing is that I got right here. Yes, uh, they owe the Herman Cain Solutions Group $16,000, the, uh, uh, the Newt Gingrich campaign does. I think I remember what happened was when I got out of the race and then I... Uh, Probably threw, sold him an email list? Yeah, uh, yeah, threw my support behind him. I think, yeah, that was what we may have charged uh, for him to use my list or something like that. But that's that's peanuts compared to $4.6 million. And just so people will know, some people might be wondering, no, I have retired all of my campaign debt. 
uh, that may be the the only items outstanding. You still owe yourself money. I oh I still owe myself a lot of money that I don't. One hundred and seventy-five grand or so, I think. Yeah, something like what? What's the number? I think it's about one hundred and seventy-five thousand that you still owe yourself. If okay, I remember. I, I I didn't know because I don't ever expect to pay myself back <laughs> at this point. Because when you end a race, uh, it's amazing how people don't like to contribute to help you to retire debt. But the biggest thing that I've had to deal with. Uh, relative to the campaign has been resolving with the FEC when people would give the they would max out and give to your primary and your general election campaign and if you do not get into the general election you got to return that money and that's what we've been trying to resolve and you can't just ask them can you use a retired debt no the FEC won't let you do that so we still have a few thousand dollars that we are going back and forth trying to get that kind of stuff resolved yeah well that's it like I said nothing compared to either Santorum nope. or to uh, Newt Gingrich Rick Perry for example who was in and then got out yeah uh, last time he uh, still has 342 grand on the plus side in mm. his account so he has no debts whatsoever okay the Obama re-election fund was reporting over a million dollars in debts interestingly enough Really? Uh, yeah, and I was sort of interested to see that one of the debts was to David, Ax David Axelrod's strategy company for uh, $45,000. Wow. So you've gone through some of those. Okay. Yeah, I do look at those things. I know it's hard to believe, but yeah, and nope, you know, nope. you look at some of the stuff for uh, Speaker Gingrich, and you know, it's a lot of vendors who are out a good chunk of money. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, it's one of those things uh, that uh, that's certainly all out there. A lot of people don't go through those uh, different forms. But as you well know, there's a lot of work to do, not just running for president, but administering the various uh, the money that comes in and where it goes and more. Since we're talking about this, I just want to point out to people that, you know, we talked about the fact that before Romney dropped out, there were like 26 maybe Republican people who are going to be running. And yep. the point that I wanted to make, and you know this, if people can't get momentum in terms of fundraising, that field is going to narrow down very quickly because not everybody can self-fund the startup of a presidential campaign. No, you know, and I'm really uh, intrigued by the good early numbers for Scott Walker in Iowa. There was yeah. a poll done uh, in the Des Moines Register the other day that had him running well. And I know it's very, very early. But I do think that's very interesting that, uh, you know, somebody, obviously he's from Wisconsin, so it's not that far away from Iowa. I get that. And, and you know, but still, he hasn't really been out there as much as maybe some other people. And I just sort of wonder if he gets a little focus as like the alternative to Jeb Bush, that kind of thing. Because I, I do sense, Herman, that within the Republican Party, there's going to be a good chunk of the establishment that looks at Jeb Bush and says, let's get on that train. And there'll be a good chunk of people who are in the party who are, you know, strong Republicans, but say, you know what, we got to try something different. And they're going to look at that other universe, and I'm going to be interested to see where people start but, going. But, uh... Uh, Scott can't. Scott Walker can't raise money yet because he hasn't declared an exploratory committee. Exactly. Correct? Exactly. So it's, we don't know one how much of his own money he's going to be willing to put in as yep. uh, starter money, and, and whether he's really got the donors exactly. who can rev things up. Because you exactly. and I both know, you know, you can run on momentum for a little while. Yep. But then it goes to fumes pretty quick. And the way that the McCain-Feingold rules are written, it's very difficult to raise a lot of money quickly from a few people. You've yep. got to raise a lot of money quickly from a lot of people. So that's why you got to have supporters out there. Yep, you're absolutely right. In, a, in just about, let's see, 13 minutes or so, the embargo expires on the president's budget, which uh, I was uh, dropping on the counter earlier with a big thud. It's about the size of two large phone books. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've looked through it uh, 
the basics are pretty simple, Herman. It doesn't get anywhere close to a balanced budget in the 10 years that are there. The budget uh, deficit forecast for 2016 would be $474 billion, which is a little less than where it was last year. And uh, it doesn't get anywhere close to zero pretty much after that. So the Republicans will certainly be able to take after that. And a lot of the plans in here to raise taxes on the wealthy and on businesses. Look for Democrats. Obviously, the White House certainly emphasizing the changes in this budget that will benefit lower and middle income Americans. I think both parties pretty much sketching out an argument that's uh, very familiar, but one that will certainly carry into that 2016 race that we were just talking about. When you say it was embargoed, who couldn't look at it? Uh, we can look at it but we can't report the details okay. from it until uh, until the bottom of the hour. So, Oh, okay. So now, I, I know way more right now, this is very frustrating, than I can tell you, but in another 12 come minutes. Come on, Jamie, so, tell us. Yeah, on, exactly. Us. Well, I just Excuse gave you the, come on, man. the basics are there that <laughs> we've heard from the, uh, the leaks and, and more from the administration in recent weeks. They'll move to yeah. raise taxes on higher income earners and on businesses, and they'll uh, fund a lot of programs for lower and middle income Americans along the way, and the budget deficit there's no zero on that bottom line any time, well, at any point during the 10-year budget window. Um, well, we'll stay tuned. Absolutely. We'll go through it tomorrow, Herman. We'll see you then, buddy. Thanks a lot. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Is in the solutions business. Credible. Experienced. Engaging. He's close to the people. He's inspirational. He is a realist. Solutions for a better America. Coming up, rapid fire, 877-310-2100 on the Herman Cain Show.